Okay, thank you for joining us here on Jaws of Justice. This is Craig Lubo. You are listening to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Today our show features a new host, Macy Jones, who has just joined our team. He is interviewing Dale Patterson, an inmate at the South Central Correctional Facility in Licking, Missouri. Dale has been incarcerated since he was 18 for second-degree murder. He is now 62 years old. He and Macy talk about the issues relating to parole and problems and roadblocks to parole in Missouri. There will be no calendar today, but you can find the calendar on our episode description on our website at kkfi.org. Go to Public Affairs and then Jaws of Justice. You can also find it at the Jaws of Justice Radio Facebook page. At the end of the hour, we will close out with a brand new piece of music by the group Cats Melvin. The name of the song is Campus Grass Machine Gun. It was recorded recently in Nashville to help keep bringing awareness to America's gun violence. That conversation can bring legislation to stop senseless shootings. Now we begin our show. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. Good morning. Welcome to the Jaws of Justice radio program. My name is Macy Jones, and today I will be interviewing Del Vito Patterson, a young man who got locked up at the age of 18 and has currently been locked up for 45 years, and the next time that he will be able to see the parole board will be in 2027, which will make a total of 48 years that he's been incarcerated. Um, so we're going to start this show with uh, me asking Mr. Patterson. Mr. Patterson. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, you said you was uh, 18 years old when you got uh, convicted of your crime. That, that is correct. Can you can you go into a little detail concerning that for, for us, please? Uh, I was pretty much 18 years old. I was charged with a first capital murder, and I went to court. I got convicted, life without possibility of parole, and I was returned back to court after 18 months because of prosecutor misconduct. The prosecutor failed to uh, exclude information concerning my case by making a deal with a, a crucial state witness that he dropped charges against second-degree murder, I mean second-degree burglary and stealing over $150 if this individual testified against me and come to find out that uh, his statement wasn't too true. So therefore, they dropped from capital murder, they charged him with second-degree murder. And I thought they ended up taking the apple plea, which they gave me five cents. That was in, uh, when they gave me the sentence, I believe that was 1981 at that time. So uh, this crime was committed in what year? 78. 78. And on that, you said they uh, offered someone a, 
uh, deal to testify against you? Was this particular individual there at the commission of that crime? No, he was. He, he was not. He was not there. He was uh, not present. He wasn't. He wasn't even present when when the crime took place. He wasn't present at all. Okay, and you said uh, they offered you an alpha plea, correct? Yeah, alpha plea is when after I went back on the reversal, vacate my sentence, set the sentence aside, which was life and fifty, not eligible for parole, trying to do a minimum of fifty years. So the alpha plea is more like saying you didn't do it, but you ain't got time to really play these games. You know, they they going when they trying to stack the deck up against me when they trying to find. Me, crucial witnesses and stuff like that. I mean, come on, with the state institution. I was 18 years old, so I was ignorant of I was kind of ignorant of the law anyway. 18, I ain't never been. This is my first time ever being convicted of a felon. You know, I, I'm not know. This is like my second offense and all. This is my first time in DOC. And uh, they, they reconvicted me on, uh, I believe that was, I had the paperwork back here, uh, I'll find it in a minute. Oh, they reconvicted me on this, gave me the deal, and told me I'd be out in 14 years. It was April the 18th, 1983. So the prosecutor said, you go down 14 years, you get parole in 14 years, then you got to do anywhere from two to five on parole. And that was 1988. I mean, 19, April 18th, 1983. Okay, so that all of that was a part of the plea agreement, the alpha plea agreement, correct? That's correct. That That's you would, correct. that you'd be willing that that if you take this, you will you'll have the life, but you can make parole in fourteen years. And correct. did that did that come about for you? That did. That did happen. That did, they, they kept it true. Okay. They were truthful about that. So uh, evidently, something happened that uh that kept that from being a part of your reality. You being a free man. That's right. I was at, uh, I went up for a pro in 87. And they gave me that, so 87, 87 would gave me nine years in on this life sentence. So they gave me a five-year out date, which would have been September the 17th, 92. So that was that 14 years that the prosecutor did say that I would be eligible getting relief. But I was at Institution Cameron and an individual was having a bad day and he thought he could take the bad day out on me. So with that so so with that being excuse me, so with that being said, he thinking he could take the bad day off on on you. You ended up getting uh, uh, getting put in the hole and that ended up costing you your day, correct? That's correct. So after uh, after that in, after that situation, the next time, how many times have you been up for parole? I've been up for parole. I truly believe. I believe. I'm counting the paperwork. I've been up a total of eleven times. Okay, and it, is this after the original date that they had originally given you? I went up one time. In 87, that was my first parole here. That's when I got my date. But I lost it. But ever since 1992, I went up 10, 10 more times, and I have not received their date. Okay. 
you haven't received any other date after that. No other date. I've received parole hearings, but no date. So why? So why? So why did they deny you? Uh, why have they been denying you uh, a parole date? Well, uh, the last couple of times I'm looking at my paperwork, and it pretty much said, due to the circumstances surrounding the present offense. Do this. And I got, that's all pretty much, Eight of my sheets, eight of my papers, circumstances surrounding the present offense. So, have you have you caught any other have you caught any other crime committed any other crime? What what, what is meant by present offense? The present offense, it, it, the present offense must be talking. It can't be talking about nothing but my case, nineteen seventy eight. Because I still ain't caught no cases in here. So. um... So they still they talk they using the language present offense to describe something that happened in seventy eight your original in case seventy eight yes sir yes sir so how how do you how do you feel about that how how do you how are you gauging that have you done everything that they wanted you to do while doing your incarceration? I, I, I believe so. I, I believe so. I participated in quite a few programs. I facilitated programs. I uh, got my high school diploma here at uh, Mobley, MCC, Mobley Correctional Center. I mean, most definitely. I mean, you can uh, pull my file and uh, there's no criminality on it. I mean, I mean, I don't feel good about it because all, I mean, I just see if you're giving me a reason to deny me for role, like I've been here getting in trouble or acting a fool or something like that. But I have not been doing none of that. I have been following day structure, period. I have been facilitated. I, I, I have facilitated certain classes called criminality, substance abuse, education treatment. I have facilitated anger management. Uh, I facilitated certain programs called Alcohol Anonymous as well as Dissipate. I facilitated programs called Vi- the Violent Modeling, Substance Abuse, uh, Commitment to Change, uh, Impact on Crimin- on Victims, uh, Fear of the Anger Trigger. I mean, I done, I done, I've done, I've done my part. You know what I'm saying? If they, if it's, if I really done done some, then ain't nothing I can really truly say about it. But, but you keep telling me, due to the serious of the crime, due to the serious of the crime, that circumstances surrounding the present, the present offense, the present offense was 44 years and nine months ago. I was 18. I'm 62 now. So, um, the last time you seen him, what was the uh, uh, setback, I guess that's what you call it, that they gave you? 
The last time I seen him, okay, was in 22. Okay, but I went up in 2000 and, no, 2021. They gave me a one-year setback. That's 2021 now. Okay. Then I went up from that year. That's 2022. Okay. So I just went up March. Ain't nothing really changed. Now, I got a five-year setback. And it's saying, due to the circumstances, and it's saying the reason for this is due to the, the circumstances surrounding the present offense. I've been, been told this about eight times. You've been told the same thing. I want to I go back for a minute to you said that you went up in 2021 or, yeah, 2021, and they gave you a one-year setback. One-year setback. Okay. And, uh, the, and the reason they gave you that one-year setback was due to the, uh, the circumstances surrounding the present offense? That's right. Okay, then at, when in 22, 2022, you went back up and they gave you a five-year setback. Is that Due to the circumstances, that's correct. And the same thing that they gave you the one-year setback for, they turned around and used the same terminology uh, to give you a five-year setback due to the that's circumstances. Right. So, Ron, how do you? That's right. And in 2012, they gave me a four-year setback due to the serious surrounding the crime. So I'd have had four, five-year setbacks altogether. Four. That's 20 years. Saying due to the serious. Circumstances surrounding the present, the present offense. This is my paperwork. It don't say past or the present. The present means now. That's called mine. What a present offense. Present. What present offense? I can send you all my paper. I can make copies and send you all my paperwork right here, and you can read it and look at it yourself. It says all present offense. It don't say poor institution judgment. Right. You know? Right. Right. So, uh, what was your feeling when they gave you that uh, one-year setback? I feel I feel good. I said, okay, next time I go up, I, I got something coming. You know, I can work with that. I can see that. I can work with that. You know? And then... Ain't a big deal. Right, right. Then what was your feelings when you went back after that year's setback and they said five years for the same thing that they told you before? Man, you don't... Hey, it was, it was, it was horrible, man. My mind was racing. First, I just wanted to give up, man. You know, it was just that bad, man. At that time, I mean, person's doing everything they can. And then I got that. That, that was that's my third 
That's my third five-year setback. And then I looked at the reason. The first thing I did was look at the reason why. But the reason why is the same reason that it always been. Circumstances surrounding the present offense. So do you think that that uh, present offense, that wording, is uh, used according to uh, your your past, your 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 offense of forty plus years ago. No, I I believe the yeah. That's why they saying that they, that that can only be to the case. That's but instead of but they weren't. It. I think I think this is a rubber stamp. You know, I think it, I don't even. I'm not even gonna say this is just contained to me. I believe this is contained to other individuals that went up for parole. And if y'all ever have conversations or somebody got a family member that's doing time, ask them if they get denied, why did they deny them the parole? And I bet you it probably say, what mine is this saying? Circumstances surrounding the present offense. This is a rubber stamp. So what I'm saying is that they doing not just me, but other offenders like this too that actually deserve parole. This is a rubber stamp. So you saying that that the parole board is rubber stamping just uh, the majority of individuals that they call up for parole with using the same uh, the same reason that they have given you. And, and I'm not just saying, yeah, that is exactly what I'm saying. But I'm also saying that I believe you can probably find other individuals that have been denied parole and ask them why they was denied parole. And I bet you it comes up to circumstances surrounding the present offense or due to the circumstances surrounding the crime. I know. I mean, if I know you, I know you, I know this is a pretty touchy situation, uh, touchy conversation with you concerning uh, the issues. I know when we first started the conversation, you was telling me about how you took the alpha plea, and they said at 14 years that you'd be eligible for parole. You was given an out date, and on that date, uh, something happened within the institution. You was talking about how individuals not being a right frame of mind at certain times and just pick just pick the first person they see to try to do something to. But uh, with that being said, um, your main concern is you gave me a date 14 years, I mean, what is it, 40-something years ago, you gave me a date. Now, right. now for some reason, you're not giving, you, you haven't given it back. And you would like to know the reason why they haven't given it back. That's correct. Yeah. Most and, definitely. Because, like you said, if a person was eligible then, that's like you said, for the present offense of the crime. But I had a date for the present offense of the crime. So that was over. Matter of fact, that was uh, 
30 years ago and nine months. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. But, and that, and that, and that plea that you so, was, and that plea that you were speaking of is, is called an Alfred plea. Okay, the mm-hmm. Alfred plea. I can say one thing. The prosecutor stuck to his word. The prosecutor, he 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 kept it. He he said, "Hey, you go ahead this Alfred plea. You'll be eligible. You'll be back on the street in fourteen years, and you'll do two to five on parole." And you can get off parole if you contain a job, handle a job, and stay out of trouble and everything else. So I can't say nothing about that individual. And he's a prosecutor, but he stuck to his word. He said, you go down there and act like you got good sense, you'll be out in 14 years. I went down here. I got a date, my date. I went up in 87, a five-year date, which would have been 14 years, like he said, and my out date was September the 1792. I lost that out date. Individuals be around here. Some 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 individuals in confinement. They know if you got a date back then, they'll try to draw you out, draw you out as far as losing your date. And as far as I'm not gonna let nobody disrespect me like that. You know. So. Um... So and I lost my date. You lost the date. And when you lost that date, the next time you went up, you did your time in a hole. Next time you went up, uh, they didn't turn around and they, they didn't reconsider you for giving you another date. No, they gave me a two-year setback, which gave me to go back up in September '94. Then they said the reason why, which was a good deal. I can't argue about that. Then I went back up in 94. They gave me another two-year setback. So I had to go back up in 96. Talking about Duke Nines, now all of a sudden it's about, due to the circumstances, surrounding the present offense. Not the assault or getting in trouble of violation. It's about... The president, now they go back to what they actually gave me a date for. Now they, I done been, this the parole board, I done been through the whole five parole board. Ain't no anybody and everybody. I don't, I, to your speakers right now, or listeners, to your listeners, they ain't no anybody and everybody done done no 44 years and nine months flat. I've been here since I was 18 years old, buying by their rules and regulations. I'm six. I'm going to be 63. So you feel that? I feel, I so, feel unjust. Right, right. That's that's what I was getting ready to ask you. That was the question I was getting ready to ask you. That you feel that you're being done unjustly. Most definitely. Yeah. So, what if, what if, uh, what if when you go up the next time, when's the next time you go up? I go up next time. They give me a five years. I go up 2027, March. That will be 48 years and six months flat. I will be 60. I think I'll be going on 67 years old. 
I'm 18 years old for a second degree. Now I'm getting ready to be 67. Or, or I'm getting ready to do 48 years and six months flat for a second degree. And then if you pull my file, I'm saying pull my file. You don't see what has this man done to deserve this. So during your incarceration, have you had anybody uh, outside the institution, any organizations, anything of that nature that have tried to uh, look into what's happening in your life right now? None. None. I had, I had uh individual heard of my case. And it was a clemency project. And uh, she, the director, she volunteered to file a clemency pro bono for me. And she was down there in uh, Gainesville, Florida. And she was in tune with me. She she contacted me, and she she had me send her the paperwork and everything. And she filed a clemency in my behalf. And that was in 2000. And well, we contacted one another 2020, June the third, 2020. And we got into it. Then she filed a clemency around June 21. And I haven't heard nothing from the clemency, but she did it for me pro bono. And so pro bono means free. And so has, you're correct. So has anyone has anyone tried to uh, follow up and see what actually was taking place with that uh, clemency that she filed for you, or have, or are you still in contact with her and have asked her concerning it? No, because I can, I know I can uh, contact her, but. The clemencies, all clemencies got to go through the parole board. And if they view it, now they're not going to approve me for a clemency when they've been denying me for parole. And then the governor looks at the The governor going to look at what his cabinet, that's his cabinet. If his, if his cabinet tell them no about me, then it's going to be no. I can't see the parole board telling him bill on this clemency, but they've been denying me parole for over 40 years. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that don't even make sense. <laughs> I, 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 hear, I hear where you're coming from and what you're saying. However... You know something? I've been here since I don't believe too many people on the parole board it's 60 years old. I don't believe too many of them 60. So even if they is 60, I mean, I was here when they was 20. They was in high school. And I'm still here. And and you're there because you, you, you accept the responsibility for your actions. And, I take full responsibility. And... Uh, and you feel that you deserve a second chance. Most definitely. I feel everybody deserves a second chance. You know, a second chance. You know, this is my first time. It's not like I'd have been in prison three, four times. And this is my first uh, uh, adult offense at the age of 18. I mean, it's not like I was. Yeah. 
What was you saying? It's not like you was what? It ain't like I was a fool, uh, 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 like, totally, my, mentally, mentally totally developed. I just was 18, you know what I'm saying? I was in the streets. I mean, I take full responsibilities, period. Period. I like the second chance. I mean, everybody should deserve a second chance. Come on. We just get one chance and, it, and that's it. Well, if they, uh, this the reason for my questioning is because you know that, like you said earlier, that they had given you without parole. They had given you a given you a sentence that was without parole. Came back and reversed that and gave you a sentence that was that where you could be that was parolable. Gave you a sentence that was yeah. parolable, and that's right. And gave you a date and. For some, because of what happened within the institution that uh, was out of your control to deal with, you turned around, they, you lost that date. Now, why the reason for uh, not giving you back what they originally had given you? Well, I don't go with they paper. They paperwork say due to the circumstances around the crime. That's it. That, I can only go with they say. So That's what, you, what I'm looking at. So what, what, where, where you're at in your thinking, because I'm not trying to put no thoughts in your mind or anything of this nature or words in your mouth, but uh, is your thinking that um, they're uh, being undue, unduly unjust towards you after giving you a date, and even though you lost it, or that makes you not eligible for it ever again. Is that is that what you're thinking could be? I I, I thought about that. I just seen individuals with life sentence come back on parole violation, and they be here no more than two years, and they back out already on probation again for violating. The- for well, violating, and they back at all. I don't even have the chance to get out. They've been back and forth like it's a Ferris wheel. You know? <laughs> hey. Yes, uh, my name is uh, Macy Jones, and this is the Jaws of Justice radio station. And I'm introduced, and uh, I like to introduce to you Mr. Dale Patterson, who I'm interviewing concerning the parole board and how they deal with. Uh, releasing individuals from the from incarceration. So Mr. Patterson. Mr. Yes, sir. Mr. Patterson, so uh, continue with what you were saying. I'm just saying if if they're going to keep it 100, keep it real. I mean, that's it. But I don't I got one sheet of paper right here. It says they they went above the guideline on me. So I'm saying, what was the reason why you went above the guideline? It says, you got three up. It says, the guideline is one. Then it says, below the guideline. Below the guideline means they give you a break. So they went below the guideline. Now, it says, above the guideline. Above the guideline means you went messing up. You know? And mine is saying above the guideline, but 
what have I done above the guideline? Then I look down here and reason why, and it says circumstances surrounding the present offense. And it doesn't say what the present offense is. The present. Present means now. The present offense means 1978. So. That's what the present offense means. Oh, okay. I have better chances making parole in front of the the old prosecutor I had because he kept it real. I mean. I wish I could send you, I could say, I really wish I could send you my paperwork so you can see this stuff for yourself, you know, because this is in their hand, right? This has got their signature on it. It got their code. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I know this is a very... Uh emotional topic which you I mean and I I'm seriously I I understand you have one minute left. Seriously I understand uh even the the the, the young lady that helped me on my clemency, the director, with how how that appreciate she heard about my case and she did her part. She did what she cause she she was saying that's unjustice. I mean come on, that's just unjustice. They supposed to be professional people. See, like, I, I don't know if somebody got something against me. I don't know. But this is the first time anybody has actually really tried to help me. This clemency, director, and you. That's it. Ain't nobody else trying to help me, man. Thank yeah. you for somebody. using Securus. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Go ahead. This is what, this is what some of the convicts are saying. And this is what I think, too. I think the next time I go up for parole, I need, see, right now, my past hands, I'm going in there and look, I'm, I'm going in there and look like Lee Hayes or somebody. They probably say, oh, man, this man, he, he, he got another five more years than him. I need to go in there with a wheelchair, a crutch, something like that, it, you know. Cause going in there and shake, they looking at it like, oh, he got five more years than him. Awesome. He in good shape. So you think because of your physical, you know, not being disabled or handicapped or anything of that nature is the reason why they keep giving you a setback? I think that's part of it. I, I mean, I, I gotta, it got to be something. I mean, what can it be, bro? I mean, have you have you had, have you tried asking anybody why why are they still seeing the present offense forty some oh, years later? The parole is it, it because when I do that, the number one thing what they're going to say is it's up to the parole board discretion, and they judge everybody's case. Individually, if they judge everybody's case individually, then why do mine say circumstances to surround the present offense? This guy saying the circumstances surround the present offense. This guy, it's almost like a ripple effect. Every answer 
or denial is pretty much the same. I mean, I mean, they just had, I don't know, I think it was, you might have heard of it, 2017, 18, somewhere around there, that the parole board was playing games. This was in the newspapers and everything else. A big deal was about it. And they fired a couple of board members. But, I mean, this, I don't know, this, this, I, I feel, I wish they had Kansas in the church where you get your three, you get your three days. But this here, leaving it to their discretion and everything, man, they just going to do what they want. Just by me talking to you like this, hell, that might be another five years that back. After the one they gonna, after the one I'm already on. So let me ask you this. Would you, would you feeling that way at this moment? I know you're probably just feeling that way at this moment. Uh, why would you uh, even agree to do this show if this uh, show, the possibility of your feelings, could be correct. Well, because maybe maybe they can help somebody else. Maybe they might take it out on me, but maybe they'll let the next individual go. You know? So I guess I'm sacrificing myself, man, for the next individual to go. You know, so so you're you're doing this so that even if it doesn't help you, it may help someone else, you know? That's cool. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, um, what would you like to say to our uh, to our listening audience concerning uh, the parole board and your situation? Concerning that, I mean, if 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 they have anybody locked up, I would appreciate it if they show up to that parole hearing. Give give your family members some type of support. They gotta have some type of support. That's the only thing they gonna recognize. One such as myself, every time I go up, I have no support. So therefore, they feel they can just tell me anything, do me any kind of way. I mean, I've been gone, look, 44 years and six, nine months. I don't know, so everybody died on me. But I'm thankful for this show because it kind of lined me up a little, you know, probably back from the dead for real because they had dirt on me and they would bury me. So I'm highly thankful for this show. I thought about writing this um, cure up there in St. Louis, but anyway, back to the listeners. Anybody y'all have locked up, show them some type of support. Just a little support goes a long way, especially with the parole board. Yo, Mr. Patterson, well, I'm I'm glad that we could have, Jaws of Justice could have been of some service to you. Uh, we're wishing you all the best in the, your endeavors. And, you know, I like to, I like to say to the, to our listeners that, you know, a lot, of, all of us have made some mistakes in our lives. You know, when we were younger, we did some foolish things. However, with that being the case, there came a time came a time when we was given an opportunity to turn our lives around and be better citizens. And he was 18 years old when this offense took place. Now he's, he's, um, he's 62. By the time he get out, he's 67. Uh, are we a nation or a community that believes everyone deserves a second chance? And if that be the case, then 
let us make that happen for Mr. Dale Patterson. Couple of minutes anyway. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity for my voice to be heard and everything. And uh, I don't know what good to do, but I hope it do something good, especially toward the parole board. You know, my understanding is if they can give me a reason why you deny me, besides saying the circumstances at the present, present means now, offense. But this is what they keep using. And that's, that's come on. That's honest. I mean, tell me the truth. If I'm messing up in here, tell me the truth. But y'all, y'all, y'all being dishonest. The present offense, I had a date for the present offense. It's on paper. It was the part of the deal. It's on paper right here I'm looking at. For the present offense, as you say, that have 1978. And now you see, so now you double jeopardizing me for the, for something that has already served. You keep choosing me of the same stuff over and over and over and over. That's wrong. That shouldn't be right. Tell me I'm in here messing up. Tell me I've got a poor institutional file on record. Tell me I'm in and out of ass then. Tell me something like that. You can't tell me nothing like that. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, don't, I, I really don't know, bro. Yeah. I, 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 you know why? I, you know why they really talking me out for real? Because I really have no real aid in the system. That's why. As far as coming to my parole hearings, as far as individuals writing a parole board when I do go up, And that's what they look at. I don't have no real uh, eight sisters, I guess. I would say that. Let me say that. I I, I noticed uh, a while back that uh, I heard you said that uh, since your incarceration, all your family has passed away. Sorry to hear that. But uh, I think that's what you said. All your family has passed away. No hell. They all, and I didn't get to go to no funeral. None. Dale, I've got a question. This is Craig. Um, When you, at one point, you had a one-year setback and a two-year setback, and then they started giving you these five-year setbacks. So I've got two questions. Other than saying, uh, referring to circumstances of the present defense, did they say anything specific what had changed, why they were increasing it from a one- or two-year setback to a five-year? If, if, they, they if they did, they talked among themselves, but on my paperwork, it says due to the circumstances surrounding the present offense. Now, when they hand me this paperwork, the parole board don't hand you your decision. The institution parole officer hand you a decision. They'll call you in the back office, hand you the piece of paper, you get the piece of paper, and you out of there. The parole board is way in Jefferson City. So when you look at your piece of paper, you can't turn around and ask her or him about it, about your decision or the reason for they don't know. They wasn't sitting on the board. They just doing their job. The parole board said, hand him this and let him go. 
really don't get a chance to say. And every and every decision it says this decision is not subject to appeal. And so you can't even appeal it. And the members of the board of the parole board were they the same each time, or do you go in front of different people each time? Sometimes it's, it might be different. It depends on which regency you're in. But the parole board got seven people. You got one chairman, and then you got six board members. If the board members say it's three to three, then the chairman will make a vote, and he'll, he'll make that decision. But for real, when that person comes from Jefferson City to see you, it's whatever his recommendation is and what he takes, he or she takes back. If they say give you parole, it ain't no vote. They gonna give you parole because that's the one that's seen you. But if you got an individual come and see you and he say you don't deserve parole, you're not gonna get it. And my decision, I really don't know. I'm doing everything. All my paperwork say two years set, two years set back, two years set back. One year setback, five years setback, five setback. I mean, come on, what do they want me to? What what do they want me to? Do? And, and setback is referring to how long you have to wait before the next appearance before the parole board again. Is that correct? He's he. The question was a setback. Is that the uh, how long you have to wait before your next appearance before the parole board? I got. For my next appearance, I just went up 22, March 22. Okay, now so. I got to go back up March 27. Okay, my so. My next here will be five years. All right, so that's what a set, that's what the word setback means. That was what the question is. Well, the, the word setback means that that's how much time you got to do before you see the board again. Before you see the board again, I got to do five years. First, I had to do one or two or four, but now this time it's five years. Two thousand March, two thousand twenty-seven. So, so is there is there anything uh, follow up or anything that we may have overlooked that uh, you feel is necessary to uh, express at this time? No, I just, my, like I said before, man, I really, truly want to thank y'all for hearing me out, you know. I just, I, I'm thankful for that. I, I thank God for that, you know. I, I truly do. So, for this opportunity, because I have never had an opportunity like this since I've been here, you know, and I'm thankful for that. And I just want to say one more thing. If anybody got anybody that's in confinement, give them some support. You know, even show up at their parole here. They look at that. That parole board, believe me, they will take that in consideration, you know. Because when I go in there by myself, I'm in and out. That's it. I ain't in there no more than five minutes. They look at me like I'm a delegate. That's what they call delegates. When I don't have a delicate aid, hey, they look like we ain't got to talk to you. You ain't got nobody supporting you. You can go on back to your room. Go on back to your cell. You know, and, and what I'm supposed to do? I can't do nothing but do what they say. I'm following their rules, following their instructions. Right. So, so, you know. So, 
we we thank you for appearing on the show with us today, uh, Mr. Patterson, and uh, we wish you the best moving forward. And as Mr. Patterson said to our listeners, you know, if you have anyone that's incarcerated, you know, be there for them. You know, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, and I'm sure that some of us have made major mistakes and yet and still have been given second chances. All right, thank you, Mr. Patterson. And this is the Jaws of Justice radio station. Have a good day. All right. Okay, thank you, Macy and Dell, for that great interview. Coming up next, after a couple other items and after the song, you'll hear Dr. Mike doing medicine show. And at noon, you'll hear Mike Hogue doing arts, uh, the art show. And then comes Jazz Afternoon, followed by Lady D doing um, her show. And at 6 o'clock is Eco Radio. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Barry Lee, host of Signal to Noise here on KKFI. Our fund drive will be starting soon, and we need volunteers for our phone bank. You can participate remotely or by coming into the station. All phone bank volunteers must be comfortable talking to donors on the phone and entering pledges on the computer. In addition, remote phone bank volunteers will need a reliable internet connection and a computer with a microphone and speakers. Sign up for a shift today at kkfi.org slash phone bank or contact our volunteer coordinator at 816-994-7864 for more information. The old Quindaro Museum could use your support. And you are invited to a Save the Museum benefit concert Saturday, June 3rd at 6 p.m. at the Gym Theater in the 18th and Vine District located at 1615 East 18th Street in Kansas City, Missouri. This concert is in honor of the historical old Quindaro Museum. The concert will feature local and national recording artists of all genres. For more information about tickets, you can contact Bobby Adams at 913-223-3277. Tickets are also available online at dwgntv.info forward slash events. This message is a public service of KKFI. It's the 420 Drug War News. Our guest on last week's Cultural Baggage Show was Mr. Stephen Downing, the one-time Deputy Police Chief of Los Angeles. And here's how we closed out that Cultural Baggage program. A regulated approach to psychedelics uh, provides a certain awareness. I don't uh, have any idea what the harms of psychedelics are. Um, but however we approach it... Um, I think that we should rely on science and we should rely on the uh, tenets of our constitution uh, to examine what kind of approach should be taken to this. I've, I've read research that um, shows that psychedelics used in certain fashions are uh, benefiting mankind. They're betting, benefiting mental health situations. They're, uh, they're giving people experiences that help them cope with life and reduce anxiety, reduce uh, uh, depression, and uh, 
and uh, solve a lot of mental health problems. But the problem, just like Dean, just like marijuana, as you know, for 100 years, we prohibited any research into the value of marijuana. Well, most of the drugs in our country or the discovery of drugs in our country or across the world come from plants, come from nature. And we denied 100 years of research into the marijuana plant. And look what we're starting to discover now in terms of its medical benefits. It can contribute to better health and, and better well-being. Well, the same applies to other things, such as psychedelics, mushrooms, and things like that. But the problem is, is that we have prohibited the kind of research that would allow us to provide a good regulated uh, re regulation platform for this kind of stuff. Those are the approaches that I believe we need to take. We need to appreciate the science. All right. As I indicated earlier, we do have some feelers out there to uh, bring in uh, Ed Gonzalez, the sheriff of uh, Houston, to come on our show, as well as the district attorney, Kim Ogg, to come down here to our studio and, uh, you know, tell, tell the truth. OK, I'm serious. Do the cartels control everything? There's, there's just nobody on the other side who can defend this policy. They, they run from me. They, I'm not saying they're cowards. They just, they're compelled to do so by their higher ups, I'm sure. Big thanks to Steve Downing. Thanks to you for listening. I am Dean at drugtruth.net. We hope you enjoyed today's show and that we leave you with something to think about, something to talk to your neighbors about, and a reason to get involved. As always, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests of Jaws of Justice Radio, not of KKFI, the Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, its staff or volunteers. You can find our calendar of events and a link to our show episodes on the Jaws of Justice Radio Facebook page. You can always listen to us live and find our podcast on the KKFI website, kkfi.org. If you have a show idea or want to help produce the show, you can send an email inquiry or comment to kkfi.org forward slash contact. This is Jeff reminding you our outro music is Higher Ground from the Playing for Change CD. Please tune in for the rest of our 9 a.m. weekday lineup with the Law and Disorder on Tuesday, Alternative Radio on Wednesday, Cowtown Conversations on Thursday, and Between the Lines at 9 a.m. 
followed by Understanding Israel-Palestine at 9.30 a.m. on Fridays. Up next is Monday Morning Medicine Show with Dr. Mike. And at noon, Arts Magazine with Michael Hogue. Stick around for jazz and blues in the afternoon and Eco Radio KC at 6 p.m. Then round out your day south of the border with Fiesta Musicale I'm gonna hold on the best I can And if I 